Darcy Jeter, welcome to the UMC Lead Podcast. Thank you. Uh, Narcy, why don't you start off, uh, tell us uh, who you are, uh, where you're serving, and what you're up to these days. Okay. So my name is Narcy Jeter, and I am an elder in the South Carolina United Methodist Conference. And um, I am here now at Point Hope United Methodist Church in the lovely North Mount Pleasant. It's a sunny day. And um, so I just got here in June. And I have spent 11 years in collegiate ministry settings from Emory University, a church-based school, um, to Winthrop University, a public college, to the great big Gator Wesley, serving University of Florida and Santa Fe College. Um, And this is my first local church appointment, although I entered for three years um, at St. John's Fort Mill doing their contemporary service. And so it's exciting. I had my first church council meeting on Thursday. Excellent. Congratulations. So how long were you in, how long were you in professional ministry before you had to sit through your first uh, church council meeting? 12 years. 12 years. (laughs) Very impressive. Exactly. That's, that's what I miss about campus ministry. Uh, so I'm trying to remember back in 2012 at the very first lead, uh, were you our last speaker? No, do you you remember? Somewhere in the middle. Um, Okay. Uh, the only other thing I, oh, go ahead. I remember April and DJ going first. Oh, Daniel Lazarus was the last speaker. That's right. Because he had to wait the entire time. And That's we right. got to go and feel relieved the entire time. And so <laughs> he was a ball of stress. I knew I knew there was a South Carolina connection to the last exactly. speaker. So. Um, <laughs> and uh, the only other thing I, I remember about, specifically about you from 2012, was you had like this awful cold and sinus infection. Yes, exactly. I had left early. I was so sick. Um I was staying in the dorms of UNLV, and I didn't spring for a hotel room in Las Vegas. I, looking back on it, I would definitely spring for a hotel room because I didn't know the deals that were out there. And um, <laughs> so I stuck to the dorms, the residence halls, as they remind me in collegiate ministry. Um, so that yeah. was my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, we've come a long way um, in Lead uh, since exactly. then. We, we were at the Palomar Hotel uh, last year with all the creature comforts and exactly. fabulous Los Angeles, California. So, and Emma, um, and Emma Stone was and, right behind us. Yep. As we were getting coffee. I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today who was at Lead. And they and they said they're like Rob. Did you know that Emma Stone was at <laughs> Lead last year? And that was or in the hotel. I was like, I actually, did. actually, I did. Um, and I had tried. I and then I told them the story of I was at breakfast with two other Lead participants, and I was like, guys, I think that's that's Emma Stone sitting at mm-hmm. that table back there. And they they kind of they said, don't look, but they looked, and uh, <laughs> they're like, no, even did. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. And then uh, Sarah Heath came and Mm -hmm. joined us. And uh, Emma walked past us with 
like an assistant or something. And Sarah, right. Sarah mentioned something about, I wish I had an assistant. And I said, Oh, like that, like that lady right there. And she's like, you mean Emma Stone? And I just like, I like almost jumped out of my chair and I looked at <laughs> my two other friends. I was like, I told you it was her. I told you. <laughs> but, well, and, I've, and I've always wondered what movie was she there filming? So. Ah, yeah. wasn't an award show that night before? Uh, that's true. The Golden Globes were happening. Yeah. There. Well, she didn't have days. a movie to promote. Well, but she was all right. Might have been filming. I don't know. Okay. We're way off track, which is great. Exactly. This is this is hyping lead twenty seventeen. People can come <laughs> and maybe they'll run into Emma Stone. So. Yeah, Charlotte has a great. If you walked into their airport, they have all kinds of movie posters of things that were filmed in Charlotte. Oh. FYI. I've only been through the Charlotte airport once, and it was many, many years ago. So I'm excited to – I will keep an eye out for that. Awesome. All right. So so do you remember what your talk was about? I think it was something about community, as I often put these things. Um, And I remember one example – was me calling a guy out, um, calling him a jerk at the time. We were on a retreat and talking about building up the relationships so that you can call students out for being jerks because they need that sometimes, and we also need it. And building up the relationship, the relationship of trust, he trusts me to call him out, and I trust him to call me if I was inappropriate. Um, and so it's all about relationships, all about community. And so that's my ministry. Um, that's my core. Um, I really, the church can benefit from building relationships and then plugging them into a community of faith. And so that's my language that I've used at Emory Wesley, Winthrop Wesley, Gayer Wesley, and Hope United Methodist Church now. And so that's what I think is a community of Christ followers um, living out the gospel in whatever form that is. Yeah. I mean, accountability is one of those, those areas we like to tiptoe around or avoid, Mm -hmm. especially as leaders, I think, because accountability so often leads to conflict, especially in right. organizations or ministries where we haven't practiced accountability. Right. And so much, so many times, I guess there is accountability, but it's usually from a church member or, or ministry minister member to the pastor, like, don't right. wear those shoes on Sunday. Exactly. Or, yeah. Well, I always say in my student ministries, and I'm even using it right now. Grace and accountability. Grace and accountability. They have to be not even, but they have to be somewhere in the mix. Grace and accountability. Because it's not cheap grace. Bonhoeffer talks about being being a costly grace. And that's not what we think of as grace. Um but grace and accountability have to go hand in hand if the church is going to thrive, not only survive, but thrive. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how how has your thoughts around grace and accountability evolved since over the last was it five years now? Yeah. How can it be that? How can it be that long? Where does the time go? I know. Well, I was at Winthrop Wesley at that time, um, and we had just started a free pasta lunch and to try to build relationships with um, other students across the campus and um, trying to neighborhood map so we can outreach to the community. And so there were non-students that are coming too. Um, but in the setting of Gator Wesley, we did a event every year called Love Campaign, and it's had some of those same elements. And then we would do different activities and outreach throughout the year, and um, it had some of those same elements because I think that is what people remember and that's what people hold on to. If you blow them off and shout hateful things at them, they're going to remember. If you tell them, what do you think about love? And here have a free study snack at the library on exam time with a prayer. They're going to grab that snack. I mean, they would look forward to the snacks because they didn't have them since elementary school sometimes. Like those brownies, those cosmic brownies with all the neon chocolate tips on them. Um, and people don't think that that means something. And it's not going to go on any metric, but the simple interaction of having a conversation and checking in with them and saying, how are you, and listening for the answer is the most important piece to me in building relationships and building disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. You get a, you get a Methodist brownie for working the uh -huh. mission statement into I know I do. Yeah, so that'll be in and the mail. I would like to eat that brownie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like, um, if I remember right, you like uh, sugary things, correct? Baked goods? Oh, yes. Yeah. What is your favorite baked good? So we had a, a fellowship meal on Sunday, and I discovered, <laughs> I regretfully discovered that there was a whole pan of peanut butter, chocolate chip, mixed brownies in the refrigerator that I when my husband brought me lunch. And so I'm not going to say I'm going to eat all of it, but many of them will be consumed as soon as this call is over. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Real talk. That's Excellent. That, real talk. <laughs> that's, that's part of the Whole30 diet, right? Where you eat the whole no. pan for thirty days. Exactly. exactly. Yes. No, I just came up with 30 that. Thirty days. I wrote thirty minutes. I just came up with that myself. <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back. Over All right. Hours. <laughs> so, uh, so we've we talked about grace. We've talked about accountability, uh, hospitality. Those have been hallmarks of of your ministry and things you've been talking about at least since 2012. Um, mm -hmm. Now that you're back or not back now that you're, I guess, in the local church uh, for the first time. Um, how do you see those things in 27, 20, no, we're not quite there yet, 2016. Uh, 
being lived out in a in a traditional local church uh, context, like in your neighborhood and in your city? Yeah, I mean, um, so we did hero bags um, for September 11th Sunday, and we wanted to give goodies to our first responders because um, there's a lot of military presence in our church and our community because the Air Force Base, um, and there's a lot of Secret Service and FBI agents in my congregation. Um, some of them are retired. Some of them work in Charleston. Um, and so they're big on the military and the Labor Day and the Memorial Day and the July 4th. And so I wanted to give hero bags to the 106 um, firemen at the neighborhood fire station. And so they couldn't believe that that many firemen weren't there. And I'm like, okay. I called and they started questioning me. You're sure you're 106? And I'm like, yes, I called. And they said 106. But the firemen were so excited to think that people cared about them without knowing them and prayed for them without knowing their names. And so we're going to continue those relationships. Um, And we also did it from Mount Pleasant Police Department, which was 256 people. And so we prayed over the bags. I mean, I don't expect there to be a huge number of people coming to church that Sunday, but it's the little things, the seeds that you plant that eventually grow because I'm around our neighborhood and hardly anybody is up on Sunday morning because it's a day to sleep in. It's another day to sleep in. It's another day to not have anything to do and to take a Sabbath, quote, quote. But we have to make it easy for them to worship. We have to make it so that they want to be in there for worship. We have to make it so they Think of it as a necessity to plug into God for just an hour a week, or sometimes more than that. But we're not there yet. I'm not there yet. And so we're exploring these ideas of outreach and partnering with the local schools and partnering with the local soccer practice that meets behind our church in our field because they've never done that before. And... So we're exploring the possibilities. We're exploring the small group opportunities, and I am up in my game in worship, and it's little by little, piece by piece, inch by inch, but hopefully it'll result in more disciples. How do you, how do you build um, that community of, of trust and that community of accountability uh, when you come into a new congregation, especially when you may be inviting them to step outside of of their comfort zone to encounter the community and to encounter God in the community? It's a tricky balancing act, as you know. Um, I have been asking lots and lots of questions. Um, I have added lots of decor to the building, warming it up, um, because I'm the first woman that has served here and um, 
I've been asking lots of questions, and I've been having dinner with lots of people and have been, had lunch with lots of people and invited them over to our house. Um, and so it's all about relationships. You can't change anything. You can't change their church, change their way of life, air quotes, without building a relationship first. And so part of me wishes that I could have waited longer before changing anything because I've not built up each relationship enough. But things need to change. Things need to move. The Spirit of God is moving in this place, and we need to acknowledge that and get on board. I mean, it's it's amazing that we've come this far in only 12 weeks. And so... And part of that is my husband, Mike, um, is the new youth minister and helping me behind the scenes. Um, But part of it is they prayed for this church to grow, and they prayed for whatever leader they would get to grow it. And I feel that responsibility. And so I'm like, uh, at the visioning meeting on Saturday, hold your horses. I'm going to catch up, but they're ready to roll. And so what do I do? I roll with them. That's a good motto. I roll. (laughs) Hey. Hi, I'm Narcy Jeter. I roll. (laughs) Well. um, Shifting. Shifting to, uh, I guess, the beyond the local church and, and to our denomination, where do you see hospitality, community, and, and accountability fitting in to us uh, at this time? And where do you see our denomination in two years or, or four years? Well, I was a general conference delegate um, in 2016, and so... Um, I attended the Pittsburgh General Conference as a Candler class, and so I was there for the entire two weeks. And I visited um, Dallas-Fort Worth for three days, and I advocated for campus ministry um, in Tampa in 2012. And I've never felt the way that I felt going into the room every day for our uh, plenaries, and the heaviness, the weight of the room. Um, it was a battle, and um, I ended up crying for much of the general conference because I was seeing the denomination I love. I'm going to cry now. The denomination I love be torn apart in a way, um, changing definitely. Um, And I am open to change, and I am open to all people being at the table, Um, but I was teaching a Sunday school class a month ago, and I shared with them my experience of the atmosphere, and um, many of my congregation people, like 
at the visioning meeting just now, just this Saturday, people put denominational struggles with LGBTQI communities, and part of them were like for inclusion, and part of them were not. Um, I had four conversations with two on one side and two on the other side after um, Bishop Karen Olivetto was consecrated. Um, one person came on Sunday morning in tears because she was not going to come. And she was like, does the United Methodist Church believe in the word of God? And one, our lay, lay leader, um, said his sister was gay and he was not going to stay United Methodist if it didn't change. And so we have both sides in our church. And it's a dance um, around the issue. Um, the And it became awkward in their discussions in Sunday school because I knew there was people that were on the more liberal spectrum, but there was a host of conservatives. And so it was not a way to give real dialogue a chance to happen. But as they've developed relationships, I've heard that they have talked about it in men's groups. I've heard that they've talked about it in women's groups. I've heard that they talked about it in the young adult group. And so building relationships is the key. But how do we build relationships when we only meet every four years? How do we build relationships when it's different people? How do we build relationships when we're a world denomination? How do we build relationships even in our own jurisdiction? How do we build relationships and connections? I mean, we're, the worship was awesome. The imaginal, imaginal malaria thing was awesome. And we get behind this connectional giving. But how many people know about General Conference in our pews? Are we telling them? Are we educating them? Or are we brushing it under the rug and so it'll blow up later? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm I think. In a new church, <laughs> in a conservative church. And so I have to walk in line much more than I had to walk in campus ministry. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. uh I think you nailed it and uh relationships uh are the key and help in the the accountability piece of how we of how we talk to each other in love. Um, right. You know. And not con- it's not constructive con- conversation if only one side is heard. And it's not constructive conversation if all sides are not heard. It's not constructive conversation when people demean each other and belittle each other and think whatever their enemy is, is a moron. And so, and is little educated and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's echoing or representing our political climate right now. I mean, I had a student from Gator mm-hmm. Wesley that attended General Conference for three days asking if the election season always coincided with General Conference. And it has always coincided with General Conference. 
what it, what would it be to move it two years so that we're not a country divided going into general conference? Yeah, that's but a great point. A global com- connection, like, what do we do with that? And so there's many things that are wrong with our structure, but I don't want to be a person pointing the finger because three is always coming back at me. I'd rather work for solutions and work to make it stronger. And if it's the ship is going down, I'm going to go with it <laughs> because I believe in Wesleyan theology. No theology is better than that, and I am Wesleyan to the core. And um, you're not, and you're not afraid to be called a jerk. No, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, um, just one and more. I'm not question. afraid to call a person a jerk in love. <laughs> you are not. I've I've seen that. I've exactly. been present for that. I think you've called me a jerk before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> Podcast. Um, well, one more one more question, and then I'll I'll let you go. Uh, what are and it doesn't have to be related to the church or or general conference or lead or or anything. Uh, what do you What are you excited about right now? What What gets you up in the morning? Oh, I'm excited about seeing what God will do here in Mount Pleasant, and always excited about preaching the next sermon even though I don't say that on Friday or Saturday night, I'm excited about it on Wednesday and Thursday to preach this next sermon. Um, I'm excited to see the ways that we can do outreach. Um, I'm excited about next United Methodist Church next coming up with college students. Um, I'm excited about my kids growing up to be learners thinkers and seeing the hand of God on them and all the creativity that flows through them and they ask these things that I don't have answers for and I can't BS them. And so, hey, um, yeah, I'm excited about what God will do in this place and in my life and in the United Methodist Church because God is certainly not done with us yet, even though we think he is or she is. Thank you for, for, uh, correcting yourself for, uh, <laughs> my, my Western jurisdiction mindset. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know you're excited about uh, a pan of brownies, chocolate, were they oh. chocolate chip brownies? as well chocolate chip and peanut butter chocolate chip and peanut butter uh, you know you and You're my right. wife you and my wife could partner on that pan of oh, brownies yeah. yeah so all right well thank you uh narcy for uh joining us and uh doing doing your best to rehash a talk you gave five years ago that we didn't get on tape um <laughs> <laughs> and uh just well, for sharing about your ministry <laughs> yeah exactly one day we're going to figure it out we're gonna figure yeah. it out. You would think with all the okay. technology we have on our phones and stuff these days, we could record a, a talk properly. So it's we're getting okay. there. No worries. Yeah, baby steps. Baby um, steps. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope okay. to see Thanks you soon. Yeah. I'll be at Leeds in 2017.